I'm Leo Cooper Jepson, and this is The Unscripted Woman, a place where I can riff and tie together some themes and share some stories that I hope will inspire change, inspire thought, inspire, and, and reassure you that you're not as alone as you might think. If you're new here, then welcome to the party woman. Here's what I'm planning to play with in the next 15 to 20 minutes. Three things. Um, I want to talk about time and urgency and how women are hearing it more and how we're responding to it. I want to talk about getting naked with our truth and what that looks like and my experience of that. And then I also want to talk about what will keep us whole and sane during these times because I have some thoughts on that. So let me jump in. But first, I'm going to start with, I don't know if you've seen it, but if you Google Greta Thunberg, um, our house is on fire. There's a woman who spoke at Davos at the World Economic Forum not too long ago. She's 16 years old from Germany. And it's the most powerful two and a half minutes I have seen in a long time. She begins very plainly by saying, our house is on fire. And that one statement just stops me in my tracks because out of the mouths of babes, here's this 16-year-old girl who's speaking in front of the World Economic Forum and the intimidation of that speaking in that platform and yet she says it as if she was born to say it. She gives me great inspiration these days. So she goes on to talk about how now is the time for us to speak clearly. And the main solution is even so simple that even a small child could understand it. And she goes on to talk about how we need to stop the emission of greenhouse gases. So she's talking about climate change. And she ends it by saying, adults keep saying that we owe it to the young people to give them hope, but I don't want your hope. So powerful. I don't want your hope, she says. I don't want you to be hopeful. I want you to panic. I want you to feel the fear every day as I do. And then I want you to act. I want you to act as if you would in a crisis. I want you to act as if the house was on fire because it is. Oh man, I listened to that and it was just like, boom, drop the mic. She looks straight at the camera and that's that. It was just the most powerful piece of writing, a powerful speech I have heard in a while. And it just lit me up and it keeps me going on days when I feel this sense of urgency and this tick-tock, tick-tock, tick-tock in my head about so many different issues, about social justice and equality and the environment and violence against women and protecting our children from shootings. I mean, so many issues. You know what I'm talking about, I'm sure. So here's a 16-year-old who says, I don't want your hope. I don't want you to be hopeful. I want you to panic and I want you to act as if we're in crisis because we are. So it reminded me of my own experience of this recently so as if you if you don't know i've just finished the manuscript for my second book called which ways you're not crazy you're a woman and this has been writing a wild bronco for me this manuscript because i feel like i'm getting more and more naked with my own truth in this book just by putting which woman and crazy on the title that um that was big 
So I, I, re- I handed it over yesterday for its first round of editing. So uh, that was a big day for me, April 1st. And, but what, I, what happened was on my way to writing, these things kept popping out of me, these truth burps that felt like they were coming from my soul deep down within. And I wasn't planning on them. And when they came out, they just came out with such a flood uh, through my fingertips. And then I would literally, they would take my breath away. So I want to write you what what became the author's note that's in the very, um, I want to read you. Did I say write you? I want to read you uh, what became my author's note. So I wrote this one thing very much at the end of thinking I had finished a manuscript. And it ended up being the beginning. And it reminded me of what I felt when I read Greta's when I heard Greta's um, story last week. It begins with a quote by the author Sharon Blackie, who wrote a book, if you haven't read it, I would highly recommend it. It's called If Women Rose Rooted, and her name is Sharon Blackie. So the quote that I put the very beginning of my book is this, the world which men have made isn't working. Something needs to change. To change the world, we need First, to change ourselves, and then we need to change the stories we tell about who we are. That's by Sharon Blackie. And here's my author's note. I had this dream years ago that still haunts me. It's not a dream exactly, because I remember being very much awake when having it. In fact, I wrote it down word for word, like I was transcribing. At the time, I was participating in my own creation, a writing experience for women I designed called In Her Words. The idea behind the process is not revolutionary, but it's potent. I encourage women to write by hand, if possible, knowing that it slows the process down, bringing to it more reverence and wildness, and reminding us that the words we choose and use to put on a page are a form of making art, casting a spell even. Indeed, it is my belief that to craft a story is to craft a life. And to understand this power is to forever blur the lines between making art and making reality. The day I sat down to write my story wasn't remarkable in any way. I hadn't burned sage or set an intention. I wasn't feeling sacred or connected or even centered. I was feeling rushed and late for the call I would be hosting for the six other women participating in this writing process. So I grabbed a pen turned to a fresh page of my notebook and began to write, just as I encourage other women to do when they're making too big a deal of it. There was once a woman who dot, dot, dot. My pen betrayed me in that moment, flying across the page, dragging my inky pinky on my left hand across the damp ink of the words I had just written. My brain was left in the dust, freaking out and swearing at me that I was crazy, out of control, and totally off my rocker. When the flurry of the words ended five minutes later, I was out of breath, literally feeling like I had grabbed onto the fin of a big fish who had taken me for a ride and was just now letting me come up for air, which makes sense as I think about it now because the story I wrote, the one that still haunts me to this day, was about fishing for marlin, naked, on a boat filled with tourists. Now I'll just pause here and let you know that Now that I have absolutely no fishing experience, nor do I aspire to have any, particularly naked, be it catch and release, fly fishing, or deep sea. 
no interest. And while I do live in a tourist town, you will not see me partaking in tourist activities, but instead will see me walking actively in the other direction, away from the throngs of people. And yet, this story, it stuck stuck with me over the years like a lingering reminder of something undone. Here's what I remember about the story I wrote. A woman, presumably me, walked down to the crowded wharf and purchased a ticket to go on one of the deep sea fishing charter boats for tourists. She was tall and had a determined look in her eyes, which would have made her stand out ordinarily, except that she was also completely naked. Her ticket was literally the only thing she was carrying. No bags, no jacket, no drink, no cell phones, not even sunglasses. And as she made her way through the crowds onto the full boat, people parted for her, staring openly at her nakedness, seemingly stunned, but also sensing her substance and not wanting to interfere with the intensity of her mission. She made eye contact with no one and trained her eyes only on the horizon as the boat moved out of the harbor. No one approached her, but her presence was palpable on deck. Eventually, a new equilibrium was established on the boat and people, being the adaptive, adaptable creatures they are, adjusted to the nakedness of this woman and went about enjoying the ride, trusting somehow that the oddity of this situation would make sense eventually or not. When the boat arrived further out at sea and the fishing portion of the trip began to ensue, the naked woman became even more focused. One by one, she cast out a line and set up the deep sea rods in their holsters until she had five rods in position and ready in front of her. That's when the marlins started jumping. And all I remember at this point in the story is the small smile on the woman's lips, like when she, what she had hoped for was actually happening. I remember writing that the marlin were like wild things fighting for their life. That's where my story, the one that I felt felt like a dream ended and I was left with an inky hand like I was I had just given birth to something with moments left before I needed to get on the call with these other women for my writing experience I frantically googled the significance of a marlin hoping it would give me some clue as to what the hell just happened for me loads of references filled my screen for Hemingway's story of the old man on the sea and how The marlin symbolized something about Christ and communion and the symbolic ritual of the Last Supper. Aside from that, I quickly learned that the marlin is a big-ass fish, like 16 feet and over a 1,000 pounds kind of big. I also learned that marlins are proud, stubborn, and tend to prefer their own company, confident they can do everything on their own. Why am I... Why, so why am I starting this book talking about a big-ass fish and a naked woman? I'm not quite sure, other than the fact to say that writing this book has felt like fishing for that marlin, and I have felt like that naked woman. This dream has haunted me ever since I wrote it, and I'm starting to realize why that is now. Because that big-ass fish, that's the patriarchy, and I want to rein it in. And that naked lady, that naked woman... That's what it feels like to, that's what feels like it is being required of women these days. That degree of courage, that degree of vulnerability, that degree of focus, 
that degree of audacity to do what has not yet been done, to rein in what has been running unchecked in our seas for too long. You and I both know you have the capacity to be that naked woman on the boat, and we'll be diving into that on these on the pages of this book together. But before you do, let me just pause and point to one piece of the story you might have missed, the way the crowds parted for her. Do you remember that? How they were stunned, but also sensed her substance, respected her mission, even as they didn't fully understand it. We have the capacity in us to be with a woman leading us. I know we do. We've just forgotten how. We've fallen out of practice. When a woman taps into that degree of power in herself, gets naked with her truth, and plants herself firmly on our deck from her roots, she is unstoppable. The crowds do part for her. The pointing, the jeering, the mocking soon dissolve into stunned silence as her power acts as a style to tap us into our collective power and has the ability to free us from the traps of our old stories that have kept us dead in the water. We are more ready for her than you might imagine. The question is, are you? So that's the story that flowed out of me that day. And I was like, holy shit, what was that? So I wrote it as I do, and I captured it, and I put it all the way in the beginning of this book that I've just written, Which Ways? You're not crazy, you're a woman. Because I realized that is what this book, my intention of this book is seeking to do. It's to call out more of us to get naked with our truth and to rein in this thing, this these marlins that are fighting for their lives, that's in us, these Marlins that are also in us, the patriarchy. And it might not seem a big deal, but I swore not even six months ago that I would never use the word patriarchy because I felt like it was divisive, because I felt like it didn't serve our conversations, and that to talk about the patriarchy is to talk about the matriarchy, and there we are, the either or in the conversation and it pits men against women and so much of my work has been inviting women to have this conversation with how the patriarchy is alive within us. But there it was in black and white and that's what I mean by a truth burp from my soul. It just like a hairball I was hacking up like a cat and out it out it came. And so then I saw I heard Greta's story and I saw her courage and I saw she said now is the time to speak plainly. And all along I want to talk about how you stay whole and how you stay sane as you're having these truth burps and hair, hacking up hairballs and speaking plainly as Greta Greta talked about. And all along in the backdrop of the final stages of writing this manuscript I'm doing the 28-day workbook by Layla Syed, Syed called um, Me and White Patriarchy. Um, and it's fantastically potent and powerful and so well done. And it's free and you can do it yourself. If you go on and Google, um, I'll leave a link below this in the comment section. 
but um, you can Google Layla Sayed, S-A-A-D, Me and White Supremacy. And it's a free 28-day workbook that you do. And you go in and you examine how white supremacy is alive and kicking inside yourself. Um, it's super powerful. So I'm doing this 28-day. And all along, in a number of times, Layla says um, that I will not, she's very clear, and I love this phrase. She says, I will not be doing your emotional labor for you as a white woman. I won't. I will not be doing your emotional labor. And I'm picking up other stuff, too. I picked up the book, um, uh, oh, I forget her name, um, but uh, why I don't talk, why I'm no longer talking to white people about race. And there it is again. It's sort of, I'm having a conversation, but I'm not going to be doing your emotional labor for you. So I think there's something key to that. I think Greta also tapped into that when she said, I don't want your hope. I don't want you to be hopeful. She's very rooted as a 16-year-old woman, as Leila Sayed is in a black woman talking about white supremacy to whites, her audience. She's talking to is primarily white spiritual women, but she's very clear she's not doing it for white people. She's doing it for her daughters. She's doing it for her sisters. So she's very, very rooted. So this idea of not um, doing emotional labor, I just share that with you as to be as a key that will help you stay rooted in as these winds blow these howling winds blow and yet it also doesn't um get in the way of you rising and to be to lay it down like Greta did like I'm doing like Layla Syed did in her workbook and putting herself out there so we can be deeply of service and not wait a moment longer so that's what I've got for you today. And as a PS to this, I'd also let you know that the uh, women's writing experience that I referenced in that chapter, I'm running again in late April. And it's an experience that I have for about five to six women. I have three seats left and it's not too late. And you also can participate from wherever you are. It's all over the phone and it meets once a week beginning in late April for six weeks. So if you're interested, Find, find me somewhere, reach out, and let me know if you think one of those seats is yours. The other thing I'd offer is if you'd like to hear more chapters of my book, scroll down below in SoundCloud, and there are five more chapters that you can read. I will tell you that all of them are being edited as we speak. And this book is, there's a GoFund, there's a, also a link to a GoFundMe campaign. And I'd, if you want to be part of this book and part of its birth, then I would highly encourage and welcome you to the party. Um, any amount to the co campaign counts. Um, I cannot do this alone. I need help to get this book out into the world. And so many people have already been very generous in that. So um, please let me know you're behind me financially, emotionally, because there are so many of your stories that are in this book. So while I am its birth mother, you are its lifeblood. So thank you for that. And welcome to April.